Telling yourself enough is the most empowering thing one can tell themselves. You're able to create boundaries, not only for yourself, but for people or things you encounter. You're able to create a healthy, balanced life for yourself, and you're able to be authentically honest with yourself in the process of it. So with that being said, welcome to Enough Podcast. Let's talk authentic. All right, so welcome to another episode of Enough Podcast. I'm your host, Dee, and we have the lovely Quali here. Um, she's a native from Jackson, Mississippi, well, Canton. Yes, sexy one I know y'all, <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's not get that mixed up. <laughs> so would you please introduce yourself? So I am Quali. I go by Quali, Queen Quali, the plug, listen. As long as you respect me, you can call me Q. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So um, tell us a little bit about what you do now and stuff. So now I am a claims adjuster, a catastrophe claims adjuster. So I get the pleasure of traveling, actually, um, from wherever my company decides to send me. I go do my job I'm there with 10 10 to 12 days at a time and then I get to come home enjoy about a week's break and then I get back on the road man that's amazing like to be able to see like that's always been a dream of mine to be able to see different cities different states that that has to be a great experience it's my love language I promise Like the only way to speak to you is if we're not talking traveling, we're not talking nothing. Right? Yeah, traveling and food. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. And so, like, how long have you been doing that? I just got into this role about a month ago now. So, what made you? Uh, only because, like, and and guys, I'll fill you in on the backstory, but I'm just kind of curious to know, like, what made you do that uh, career change? So I was in retail um, after I left the police department. I moved to Atlanta. I was managing at Lens Crafters. And there are a million rules in a retail world. Blackout dates and all of these policies and procedures that you have to follow. And my prayer was simply, I need a job that is paying more then what I'm getting paid as a manager, I want to be able to work from home and travel with this job. And I want to have, you know, like holidays and weekends and stuff like that off because there's no such thing as having a weekend off in the retail world. So I, I really got fed up with managing because For one, I was the only African-American female in my store. Um, That was a struggle. I'm the manager and I'm young. So I had all of these targets on my back and it was a respect struggle. Like my employees would like go over my head. It was a constant battle with some of the um, older white women that were in the store and I just, I got sick of it. And so I, I knew the type of job that I wanted, but I had to start researching what I could also use my criminal justice degree 
with because I felt like I wasn't using my degree. And so I was talking to my former roommate and she said, well, Quali, you know, I'm doing insurance adjusting for company X and I think you will like it. She said, and we even have some, um, they call them investigative adjusters where you work on cases where people are trying to commit fraud and stuff like that. I said, okay, cool. I'll apply for it. I applied for it, didn't think anything of it. I was like, these people are not going to give me this job because I don't have any experience. Well, not in the insurance industry. I filled that application out on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and I got a phone call the next day to schedule an interview. And I was like, oh, God, I'm not going to like this job because (laughs) they calling too fast. (laughs) But she was like, well, I got you in because you were – referred by somebody you know that works here already blah blah blah. i was like okay cool went through the interview process and um my second interview my panel was all black women like from ages like 30 on up and i was like you know what i got one shot to sell myself to them and i remember one of the um panelists asking she said so you have no experience. She said, what's your reasoning by even wanting this job? Because I already knew about the salary and the schedule and stuff. I said, well, I'm not sure. I said, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm not sure, you know, who doesn't serve God. I said, but I serve a God. And she was like, what you mean? I said, I serve a God. I said, in my prayer, and I told her the things that I wanted in a job. She said, this job is yours. I said, huh? She said, it's yours. We're done asking questions. And this was like three questions in after I gave them my name and some history about me. And I was like, wow, okay, this is for me. And I was really scared to step down from Landscrafters because you have all of these people that are always pulling you in so many different directions when you're in management. I felt like I was letting them down. But then I had to think about it. I'm letting myself down, not living the dreams that I want to live. And for my peace sake, I had to go. Like, I had to. It was not optional because it turned into I was being stressed out. I ended up in the hospital. It was a lot. Like, a lot happened to drive me to that decision. And I think now in my older years, now that I'm older, Mm-hmm. I I understand the term where a person can literally make you sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I I'll joke to the side. I thought that there was just you know, kind of like a, a person can make you upset, but not literally make you sick. No, and see, <laughs> yes, and I realized that was a real thing until I was put in a position where there was a job that I hated, and it, it, it the job itself. Okay, it's the people behind it yes. that creates these policies that you have to encounter every day. You know, it's just so much micromanaging that comes with it. And it's like, is it really worth my sanity and my health? Mm-hmm. So I definitely feel you on that. But it's just amazing because for those that don't know, like, she's called a few, quite a few names, like, as she mentioned before, but it's the reason why. So do you want to give them a little insight on that? 
I can give them a little insight. So I started working in the entertainment industry 2010, 2011. Um, I was 17, getting ready to turn 18. It was rough. Um, I was the only female in the industry at the time, young, straight out of high school. And these 30, 40-year-old men are looking at me like, you don't even know anything. So as time progressed, I started building relationships with these people. I always knew that older people would always say, um, it's not about what you know, it's who you know. And I quickly learned that, you know, having parties and um, planning and organizing stuff for people, that money and relationships got you through the door. Got you through any door that a degree could never get you through. So I began to develop relationships with these people. And I always kept really good relationships. Not, I don't like transactional relationships. I'm a true... You know, hey, it's your birthday. I might not have been able to celebrate with you, but, you know, let's let's go do lunch. You know, my treat. I'm that type of relationship person because I want to get to know you. Like, I want to know you outside of what you're doing for a living and stuff like that. And all of my relationships with people are genuine. Whether I talk to you once a year, twice a week, it doesn't matter. Like, that has always been me. Like, I'm going to ask about your parents or your pets or, you know, whatever, because I genuinely care. And if I know, you know, about you and things that you enjoy and stuff like that, I can always be um, a good PR person because I know you. I actually know my client. And a lot of times people don't look at it like that. They're just very transactional. And once people kind of clicked on to the fact of, you know, I wasn't transactional with my relationships with people, they were like, okay, you know, this girl, she's it. Like, I sat in some rooms that I know I shouldn't have been in. Not Mm going to say because I didn't deserve it or I didn't work towards it, but I wasn't qualified. But because I was able to build those genuine relationships with people, that got me through the door. And I'm forever grateful for everybody that played a part um, in me becoming the the person that I am today. Like I started out with T-Money and Lil Mall and um, 97.7, DJ Kool-Aid, Quasi, Tambor Cherie. All of these people saw something in me that I honestly didn't even see in myself. And that's just me being 100% honest. Like, I never knew exactly what I wanted to do. Like, I wasn't one of those kids growing up where I wanted to be a lawyer or a teacher or a doctor. I used to tell them all the time, I don't want to work for nobody. Or I want to make my (laughs) own money. Like, I've never been that type of girl. And my mom always tells me, she was like, I knew you were going to do something. She said, I didn't know what, because you would change your mind in a heartbeat. She said, but I knew you were going to do something great. I can see that. Look, and it's crazy that um, you mentioned those things because for people that don't know, um, and I'm going to just share a little insight, but I'll let her kind of share some insight too. (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> she was like the person behind the trauma collection my boutique 
Now I kind of been off the scene for uh quite some time. Um, and it I've been out. I matter of fact, now that you mentioned like building relationships, y'all, she'll tell you I kind of been off the scene for a very long time. Yeah, I have been getting those. Where you been at? <laughs> and it's just I had to take that mental. So right now, like the trauma is the trauma collection is at a rest period, but I am coming back. Um. And she was like, as far as my content, like my presentation, she was the person behind this stuff. She created my logo and stuff. I remember coming to you when I first started the Charmer Collection. And it actually was the Makeup Charmer. Mm -hmm. Then it expanded because I was a makeup artist. And then I had worked my way up to owning a boutique. I was like, well, I saved enough. I I can do enough now to where I want a boutique now. And so now I have the trauma collection, and again, it's still on steadfast. Like it's it's not, it's at a pause, but that's because right now I'm rebranding. Basically, um, I I just have like a different vision for um, the trauma collection. So I'm hoping that this direction is, you know, it does wonders for me. You know, because uh, one point the trauma collection was really successful, was doing really really good, but then I decided to take a mental because. You know, I got a little overwhelmed and right. I just I had to step back from the scene and the business side of everything. And it's crazy that you mentioned um, how it was kind of different being the only woman in an in entertainment industry because I'm in the girl group and it is it's not easy because mm-hmm. you do have to make a name for yourself. And then unfortunately, Sometimes you get this, um, I don't want to say the term B, but it's it's kind of like you come off as that type of mean girl when it's like, you're really not. It's just, you have to prove yourself a mm-hmm. lot, you know? So how did you even, how do you make it through all that? Like being surrounded like around a lot of men and where you were put in a place where you feel like you had to prove yourself. So with me, it was it was tough, but honestly, once I showed them like look, I'll outwork all of y'all. Like y'all still be taping up the boxes. I've been to pack up the whole house and moved it. And once they saw that I was coming in, that I wasn't asking for handouts, that I actually wanted to learn the business. And that, you know, I still had my creative side that I could bring to the table because, you know, a man loves saying, what can you bring to the table? Listen, <laughs> listen, I got you from the things like the names of the parties to the flyer ideas. This was way before I even started graphic design. Like that's one of the things that led me into starting graphic design was because outside of one person, which was. Rob Benson, he the OG. I promise you. Like, he is the best mentor ever. Outside of Rob, there were no consistent graphic designers in Jackson that you could go to. And Rob would be booked up for weeks at a time with flyers. So, once I showed them, like, look, I can do this. Like, I can handle this. I did literally everything in the party except for DJ. I could work security if I needed to. I could 
work the lights <laughs> if I needed to. I could be the bartender. Like I learned every position. Every position. Yeah, I remember that. I remember you being at the door. Uh, and also for those that don't know, she's also my sorority sister. So it's a lot of history there. Yeah. Uh, she's really good with graphics. I'm not even gonna lie, like most of my flyers came from her. Like I said, she created my logo when I first came to her about the trauma collection and the idea, um, the direction that I was going for. I remember the first I still have the first logo actually yeah. <laughs> of the Charma collection and the makeup charmer. And no, I don't do makeup that much anymore, guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> you need to come on back. <laughs> I'm thinking about it like I did when I was here in um, where I'm living at now because I live in San Antonio. I started back doing it, uh, working with the photographer, doing makeup. I okay. mean, people tell me that here that I need to get back into my craft. They don't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing today. Right. Um, <laughs> But I get it. You know, I had to live in this journey for a reason. You know, I like what I do right now, but of course, I'm going to elevate, you know. Always. But it was amazing because, like, you've always been, like, a go-getter for, like, your business. Because it went from, what was it first called? It was Queen Quality PR. Mm-hmm. And then it went to um, Queen Quality Promotions for, like, two days because I didn't like it. It was too long. And now it is who needs CPR, who needs consulting and public relations. I like that. I I like that. And so um, as far as because I know you are um, a claims of justice, too. And and that's a that's a big step, too, because you get to travel like that's just a dream. Like, you're living, like, a a dream job. You get to work from home, and you get to travel, and then you get to come home and relax for a week. Like, girl, that's gold. (laughs) That's, like, speaking to me. (laughs) Yeah. Like, just to have a job where you can see the world, especially because we're still youthful now. I know we're still but we still, we're still youthful now. So, (laughs) but... Where are you now with uh, your own business with Who Needs CPR? So right now with Who Needs CPR, honestly, I had to take a break, pause. Um, What month is this? This is August. April, around April or May, I started getting sick. Like, didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, Went to the ER several times. First time I was told I had the stomach flu. Then I was told I had the stomach virus the next time. Like, it was constantly something over and over again. Finally, in May, I got to the root of the issue. Um, I had to have emergency gallbladder surgery to remove my gallbladder. Um, And I was like, okay, I got to stop. Like, I'm doing too much right now. I'm in grad school. I'm managing at the time because I was still at Lens Crafters. Um, and I'm trying to do my business. Like it was a lot. So I said, okay, Hey, I'm gonna have to take a break. I said, I'll put a pause on grad school and I'll put a pause on the business. Let me just focus on myself and get myself back healthy. And then I can push forward. Um, not sure if I'm going to ever go back into graphic design full time. I do still offer limited things. Um, but 
I'm not like promoting or anything like that right now. I'm just clients that, you know, are loyal. Y'all know, email me. I'll take care of you. But as far as just promoting and pushing my brand right now, I'm not until I feel like I'm healthy enough to take on all of this stress again. It's a job though, right? Yes. <laughs> it's a job when you consulting with um your customers and, and look, we love y'all. We really do yes. we adore y'all. But it is times where we can get overwhelmed as business owners because and I don't know if you like me, but most people think that I can be extroverted sometimes. I'm really introvert. Like, me too. Oh my God. <laughs> and that's another reason why I'm off the scene because it's like I don't know what to say. <laughs> so I'll and, be honest with you. Tim's mm-hmm. um what song free free time or free spirit or whatever uh free mind by Tim's that mm-hmm. song describes like the level of peace where I am right now, like not dealing with clients and and all of that because sometimes it gets a little rough. Yeah, it, it gets rough sometimes. And I don't think that the black entrepreneurs speak enough on that part. Like your gift and your craft that you're giving to the world is a gift, but that doesn't mean drain me in the meantime. No, yeah, that's true because I know some entrepreneurs, including you, like, and I've done it too. Um, and it's it, especially when I was providing services where I was doing makeup, I mm-hmm. would not be done until late that day. I would start early as six o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and <laughs> won't be done until maybe a late eight, nine, yep. you know, and I'm just like, oh my God, like my back would hurt. My legs would hurt. I was just tired, but it was like, I couldn't say no because I'm like, my customers, uh, my clients, they have to be satisfied. And, yep. and, it, and I've even dealt with setbacks of people not really liking my um, ending results. You know, they wanted something different. Like, you'd be mm-hmm. surprised at the stuff that I've encountered. So I, I can only imagine the setbacks and, like, well, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that, I want this, and I want that. <laughs> like, look, <laughs> leave me alone. And that's why I tell, like, I would tell you, girl, do you? If I if it needs to be minorly adjusted, that's fine. But do you? Because I don't know. <laughs> it end up coming out good. Like my favorite word to to, to quality is like, uh, here's the colors. Yes. Here's some, here's some ideas. And have fun. <laughs> and clients like you, I don't mind at all because you at least have some type of direction. But when you come to me and it's like, I need this, it's Wednesday and I need this done by Saturday. Okay, well, what are your thoughts? I don't know. You freestyle it. And then you freestyle it. Uh, I don't like that. Or move this two inches to the right and two centimeters down. And then I'm like, you know what? You're taking the fun out of it. And I'm losing the love that I have for graphic design. So let me step away. Let me just take a little break and breathe. Because I feel like with graphic designers, that's their place of create. They get to be creative. 
you know, and I love creators. I love to watch them do their own thing and add their touch because you can tell from um, each graphic designer they're different because they always add their mm-hmm. touch to it, you know. So, like, for me, I'll send and my brother, too, he's really good with, like, graphic design. Like, I go back and forth between you guys and another one, um, Brittany. Um, yep. She's amazing. And so, like, my brother is really good at um, organizing everything and the ideas and stuff. Because I had to realize, too, as a business owner, you cannot do everything, like, at all. And I refuse to do everything. So (laughs) I'm going to allow, like, I'm going to know my strengths and know my weaknesses. Graphic design is not it for me. I have sat there and I have tried to do this stuff because I've seen some business on, no, seriously, like I've seen some business on today, like, I, this is how you create your own flyer. Mm-hmm. I, don't have the, I don't have the time for that. I'm not doing that. I already have to make the product and find packaging, all this stuff. You know what? That's fine. That's not my cup of tea. That's not my lane. So we just send a little email right. <laughs> about the direction I want to go. And I just never really been that picky most of the time like the vision that I have is executed anyways and even if I have something to say it's like the way I try to monitor the way that I'm saying it because you never know that relationship that you're building with uh it could be a potential business partner that could be somebody Mm -hmm. that you take with you in the long run you know y'all both can eat you know so you just never know but I can only imagine and I don't blame you for wanting to take a step back because when you are providing services for someone for a client it gets challenging and it's true we oftentimes as business owners talk uh, business owners we talk about the challenges of when we don't get consistent sales mm-hmm. we don't talk about um how interacting with our clients can sometimes be overwhelming and it's not again we're not saying that we don't love you guys. We do because we love the business that you bring. But, you know, there are some setbacks. We can't please everybody. Cannot. You know? <laughs> no. And all money ain't good money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had to learn that the hard way. Um, all money ain't good money. And, you know, that just means sometimes we have to tell we have to tell potential clients no. And I think that we have that mindset of, well, you don't know who that potential client may be or this and the third, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like at what risk, like how much are you willing to take just to take, just to have an income, just to take that money, you know? So, and I'll tell you this. I When I first moved back to Atlanta in November, um, I was trying to find a hairstylist. Now, um, my friend Nako, her sister here does hair. But, you know, I'm the type of person I wanted to support somebody that was from Mississippi that's out here, you know, trying to make it. So I booked this girl. Mind you now, she follows me on all social media sites. We've had several conversations on social media. She's told me, you know, I really um, admire your work, you know, the whole song. Booked her. I guess she didn't. I'm not going to say that she didn't know who I was because I don't want to sound cocky, but she definitely didn't know who was sitting in her chair. Um, She was very rude. 
Um, wow. On top of her being very rude, the price that the hair school, because I booked her because she was getting ready to finish up hair school and she needed hours. And my cousin told me, you know, hey, this is her. She's from Jackson. You a lover, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I give anybody a chance. Like, any and everybody, I give them a chance because it has been a time before where I wanted a chance and there was nobody there to give it to me. Absolutely. So, I sit in her chair. She's rude. Um, The hair school charged, like, $32 for the hairstyle that I got. She told me that their hairstyle was $150. So, what she was trying to do was she wanted me to pay the school $32 and to cash up her the remaining funds. And I was like, what? And I had really already planned out in my mind. I'm like, okay, this girl did my hair really good. I'm going to start going to her consistently when I don't have braids. You know, she'll be my weave person. She blew it. And oftentimes, I know we as business owners, we complain about our clients. But we as business owners also have to take accountability for the things that we do. And we wonder why, you know, our sales aren't consistent or we're not getting the engagement and stuff that we would like. It's because it's all about how you treat people, whether you're the client or the business owner, like treat people with kindness and give them grace. Um, Has she handled that situation differently? we wouldn't even be having this conversation, but it bothered me so bad because I was like, wow, maybe I'm too nice because I know how it feels to not have clients. And I know how it feels to be like, you know what? I want to give up because nothing is going right. And I was like, dang, I gave this girl a chance. And she really showed me, you know, how other clients feel when the business owners do them these certain type of ways. No, that's true, though. It's funny. Um, it's kind of crazy that you mentioned that because us as business owners, we do have to take in accountability. And again, like, even if you don't feel comfortable providing the service, it's still a way to, you know, reject. And if that customer mm-hmm. gets snippy, you gotta, you just kind of gotta let them have it. And you, you know, you just say you have a blessed day and you go about your merry way, you know? Correct. That stuff happens. Because I know for me, like I can tell you why I'm not making sales because I'm not promoting. <laughs> so, I mean, um, but also I've always tried to be really, really um, professional with my clients and with potential customers and as sweet and gracious as I can be, but also implementing like boundaries because sometimes it it happens. You have customers that don't have boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so I think for upcoming business owners, it's really important to know how to deal with things. And I think that having that retail background really does help because you see customers of all sorts, different walks of life, and you're learning how to, you know, deal with those type of customers how do you engage in them you know um and honestly a business owner you're forever learning because stuff mm-hmm. changes Every you know, day. Trends, depending on what the trend is it don't always last you know now in this era social media is a big thing tiktok yes. is huge right now it's so easy to go 
um, viral, I believe, on TikTok. Yeah. And I stuck, I stuck at TikTok. At one point, I was like, okay, I'm getting the hang of it. Then I just, when I just took a step back from social media and, you know, just kind of focused on myself, I tried to get back into it. I cannot create a reel. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, it's so funny. But I still have uh, my birthday reel that I have yet to post. Um, I be I try to do little reels, but they're like super simple. Like my brother really had to guide me through. Like this is how you create a reel. This is how you catch different angles. And I'm like, see, this is why I need a team because I can't do all this stuff. Like why? Right. <laughs> why I have to do all this? Like and for me, social media is a love hate. I don't know about you. It's a love hate relationship with me. Like. If I can make my money without using social media, you probably will never see me. Listen, <laughs> because every day I wake up like, oh, I wish I could delete all of this stuff off my phone and I don't ever have to see anybody else again. I understand for my peeps sake. <sighs> it gets and it's crazy, right? It's crazy because like, people don't understand like the toll that it takes on you and even how addictive you can become to social yes. media like you wake up like I can guarantee some people wake up because I had it bad I will wake up and I open my phone I'm like yeah. oh, you ain't even brush your teeth or nothing like get yourself together before you even open your phone and I will so, have that bad <laughs> my routine is um now when I get up once I cut roll over you know cut my alarm off I cannot get on social media I can't get up and brush my teeth or anything else until I read my scripture for the day I read the scripture once I read the scripture I do a quick prayer and then I cut on my gospel music then I'm gonna get up you know wash my face brush my teeth scroll on social media stuff like that but that's my rule for myself because I was like, I don't even know if I can walk. And I'm on Facebook crying, laughing for two hours for no reason. <laughs> when I could I have been doing anything else but that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's another reason why I take breaks from time to time because it can get overwhelming, which kind of brings me to like my next question. Like, because it seems like, you've had to take a mental what was like the most I won't say traumatic but what was the event that really triggered that for you to be like okay enough is enough I I need to kind of take a step back so I can really redirect and focus on me so it really started the burnout started last year so last August my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer I did not know what to do like I lost it I was in the worst mental state I could possibly be in on top of so many deaths like I had back-to-back hits and so it was like everything was just snowballing um started the year off you know things were going good and then my mom had to have surgery again and I was like you know what this is too much So she got better. Um, Then I got sick. And Mm -hmm. once I got sick, I was like, you know what? I need to breathe. Like, I need to take a mental. I don't know how long it's going to be. I'm not going to announce a a certain date or anything like that. I'm just going to do what's best for me. I had people writing me, texting me, calling me, 
when I made the statement on Facebook about taking a break and everybody was like, but you're the strongest person I know. Well, yeah, now I'm tired of being strong and I got to be here for myself. So I need to take five and I'll see y'all when I see y'all. Like that was it for me. Oh man, it's so crazy that you mentioned it because I was watching um a a podcast. I was watching um what's the uh podcast? Uh Carisha, please. Yes, yes I watch it, y'all. Yes, I know. <laughs> and I, I have to have it. my dose of wretched here and there now. <laughs> no, but like aside from that, if you pay attention to what they're actually saying, like they be speaking facts. Like she had Megan on there. And she talks about how hard it is for women to be soft because we do live in a society where it's hard for us. And I mean, not even just women, but people in general, but especially if you're always looked at as the strong friend or the strong family member or the strong person in general, it's like, Mm -hmm. yes, but I'm not strong all the time. I don't have it together all the time. And that is okay. I It just and it'll drive you crazy to even think that it's my job to always have it together, you know. Right. And so I had to learn that the hard way because it it broke me down. So I can definitely resonate with this because it's hard. And um, I'm sorry for all the losses that you experienced. And I know that it was tough, you know, watching your mom go through that. And I'm I'm glad that um things did get better for you guys. It got better, right? Oh yeah, everything is okay, good, good now. <laughs> She's officially cancer free. She would not let me stay in Mississippi because she knew I was scheduled to move to Atlanta. So yeah, she was like, "Look, I'm good. Get out. I'll see you when I see you." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." So things are definitely back up on the up and up. I have not decided, you know, when I'm going to fully come back because I'm really just I'm enjoying the vibe right now. Like absolutely. That's where I'm at in life. Like I'll do a flyer here or there, but I do not want to be tied down to my computer anymore. That's why I said I'm not sure what my next endeavor would be. I don't know. I might honestly just go to strictly doing consultations, um, as far as like strategizing with business owners doing social media checks and stuff like that but I don't see myself going fully back into the graphic design world at all yeah no that's a tough crowd I'm not even gonna lie like it's tough I'm in that business because you you have to you have to hear a lot of no 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 Mm -hmm. no 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 and you get discouraged you're like well dang is it good you know but then if it's not good you wouldn't come to me at all right so it's worth something but I mean I'm proud of you either way because I feel like you needed that moment to you know relocate and refocus and think about a lot of things because even I, I had to relocate like I couldn't get focused and were back at home I just couldn't because that's where I was at my lowest and even when I transitioned here, it followed me because I still mentally was not at a headspace. And that's why I had to realize, like, I got to get myself together mentally so that I can progress, you know. And even for me, um, I do different things to help me stay focused and stay grounded, not for the purpose of making money, but for my health. 
Yeah. I see you. You've been you done lost some weight, girl, and you glowing. <laughs> Thank you, I'm baby. I'm trying to get it. like you. You fine oh, over there. Girl, listen. <laughs> I I try. Had to change my diet because I would get sick a lot. Like I'm like, oh my god, my immune system is so weak, mm-hmm. and it was because I was eating the wrong things. And I mean, like when you grow up, like you grew up on fried chicken, mac and yes. cheese, collard greens. Like you grew up on, we grew up on soul food. So <laughs> look, that's all we eating, and um, it we really want that health conscious, um, right? And it wasn't until I got older, um, I would say around the time like after I got married because my my heaviest um was 220 pounds that was my heaviest oh wow and I when I jumped on that scale I was like oh no and so um my ex-husband we we talked about like changing our diets and stuff and we he actually put the idea of going vegan because I was like well let's try vegetarian and I'm still learning like the habits of vegan and because everything ain't dairy free and right. so I, it takes a lot of reading and research and so um when um when I moved to Texas I was really like on a health kick like nope nope I have cheat days here and there, but it, I I really did start losing a lot of weight when I got into grad school and I met uh, a good friend of mine at the time. She was a trainer too, so she really helped with my nutrition. And then I started working out a lot more. And so even after um, I had got a divorce and stuff, I still I'm still trying to take you know keep that same routine. Now I don't fell off a little bit, but I'm I'm trying to get back into the habit of stuff. But yes, girl, I was too. 120 pounds and I did not feel good about it I was sick all the time I was tired walking up steps all the time and I always lived in apartments where I'm upstairs like I live upstairs (laughs) now (laughs) and I'm like there's no way I should be this tired and so but I can see you look amazing and I think it is really important that our people like we got to take care of ourselves Yes. And I tell people all the time because I have friends that are vegan and trying different things like do what works for you. Like people are always asking me, how did you lose so much weight? So at my heaviest, I was 263. My goal weight is 175 ish. The last and I hadn't gotten on the scale in like a month. The last time I got on the scale, I was like 209. So that's only a few pounds of dead weight, as I call it, that I've been able to knock off. But I find things that work for me. I try different things. Um, I'm not really big into like supplements or anything like that. I am more of a natural girl. And when I say natural, I don't mean like, tea and all of it like literally natural like I'm going to drink water and work out no shade to anybody that has had any enhancement surgeries none of that however the only surgery outside of that gallbladder surgery that I had was a breast reduction and that was medical so that took about 15 to 20 pounds off of me um I was a size elf And so what ended up happening was 
I would always have chest pains. And so my breast had gotten so heavy until they had formed a fat pocket in between them. And it was straining my heart. So it was like, look, you got to chop these things off. I'm like, yes, insurance paying for it too? Thank you, God. So <laughs> that was a lot of weight off me that I didn't know would make like such a difference. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, it's really been, I'm not going to sit here and say I have a Krabby Patty formula. I literally drink water and I work out. I might like last week, I didn't work out at all. I was not feeling it. And since my gallbladder surgery, um, it's very limited on the things that I can eat anyway. Like I can't have dairy, anything fried, greasy, spicy. So that cuts out pretty much, you know, all of the bad stuff in a nutshell. Yep. So it worked out for me. And the crazy thing is I, I'll never forget right before my birthday, like a month before my birthday, I was like, you know what? I'm a fast. I'm not going to drink. And then bam, I got sick. And now I really can't drink anymore. Like, I probably could do, like, a small little cocktail, but nothing too major, no hard liquor. I drink a lot of wine now. Um, And alcohol plays a big part, too, in, like, you getting fed and things like that. Like, I notice the difference in me now. I'm not as sluggish, and I don't feel like I got a ton of sugar just weighing on me. Because alcohol does sit in your stomach, like in your tummy area. And it'll have you looking bloated or pregnant and you're not even pregnant. So I learned that, you know, figure out what works for you and and stick to it. Stay true to your process and you got to trust the process because it didn't happen overnight. Like I started working on my weight last November. And so I feel like for almost a year, I'm in a comfortable spot. I don't want to get too comfortable because I still have a goal. (laughs) But, you know, it's like, okay, I'm doing good. I don't have to beat myself up because I decided to take a couple of days off. Like, it's okay to rest because our generation has this stupid connotation that I don't get tired. And that used to be me. Or I don't have to sleep and I got to... I got to work hard and listen. You can work hard without killing yourself. Yes, like we have this. And I know I'm definitely one. I I can't even talk, Quali. I I have it bad. Like, (laughs) and I guess because it's like the ideal of I got to make it. I have to be successful. Mm -hmm. But it's like I have so many goals to reach. And we forget that, okay, look, we got to chill out. And so one, I can, I will never forget this day. So most of the group members, they're back in at home. They live in Mississippi. I'm like nine hours away. And we had a performance. It was Indie Week, Jackson Indie Week. And when I say I drove, after I got to unpacking and putting the, uh, putting my dog in the car and stuff, getting ready, driving nine hours. Nine hours. Two, yes. And I would do this quite often. This wasn't a once a year, because I think I've been here for maybe three, two to three years maybe. I could be wrong. But this was like every other month. This particular time. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. And 
but I was also very, very homesick too. And so um, this particular performance, I drove. I had to pack up the makeup because I was on, because again, I was doing the girls' makeup and my makeup. And so I had to pack that, make sure I had that together, make sure I had my performance outfits together. And on top of that, by the time I touched down, had to go get ready for it. We had to record, practice. Um, so I had very little time to spend with my family. So it really wasn't a sit down type of moment. Mm-hmm. And my body was on the go. On the go, nonstop. I think the day before I had to get ready to leave, I I was finally able to sit down. It wasn't until I came back home, I came back to uh to my apartment and stuff. My body was in so much pain. It was in so much pain, and I have ne- I never felt it. And it's crazy because like when I got back to my apartment and stuff, I had to go to work because I was working overnight too. I was working two jobs. I was working overnight. And when I say my body tightened up out of nowhere, I was like, what's going on with my body? I'm in so much pain. My body was shutting down. Like, my body was tired because I I didn't give it enough time to rest. And so, luckily, um, and I'll never forget, because I was working 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. So, my day job, (laughs) my day job, I know this is crazy. Y'all going to be like, how did you do that? My day job was 8.30 to 5.30. Then I had to make sure that once I got off, I had to tend to my dog and stuff. Then I had to try to get some rest because I had a job, another job from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. I was working full eight-hour shift. So basically 24 hours a day. That's how long I was working. And this particular night, my body just, tightened up I felt pain from head to toe and at this point I thought I thought I had COVID I was like oh my gosh I had to go to the doctor make sure what was going on it was just my body was tired um and so the next day I did not luckily I had took off from my day job and stuff and I I I had to call into my night job just to get some rest some proper rest and I had learned my lesson then I said "Uh uh-uh I'm taking extra days off because I would do like these little brief weekend trips. Like I'll take a day or two off. Uh, uh-uh. I don't do that anymore. So, and I don't even travel back home as much as I used to. I try to plan it now because my body was so tired. And so I hear you when you say like, we have to get out that mindset of like, we always have to be on the go. Always mm-hmm. have to work so hard. Like we need to give ourselves time to rest, or otherwise our body gonna tell us that tell them tell us them Because <laughs> mine sure did. Listen, you see, I ended up in the emergency room and hospitalized mm-hmm. for a week, so that was my the icing on the cake for me. But I, I'm glad. I, I hate it took that, but I'm, I'm glad it was an eye opener for you because. Oh yes. I mean, we'll work ourselves to death. Oh, yeah. We'll see the signs and still, and I'm still even trying to train myself to sit down. Like, my, my mom has been telling me that for years. She was like, you always want to go. You always trying to work hard. You always do, like, sit down. I'm like, mama, Listen, I got to get this If you done, don't I sit do down, <laughs> God going to sit you down. Don't I know. be hard-headed like me. 
please don't. Because I was out. I was out of commission for almost a month. I went to... I was in the hospital for a week and then I had two and a half weeks of recovery before I even went to a follow-up appointment. That wasn't even me going back to work. That was just a follow-up appointment. So imagine like my life was in shambles and you know how mamas are. My mama flew from Mississippi to here. She gets to the hospital room and I'm crying like I'm in pain. And the first thing that this lady does is take my phone. I don't know if I cried from being in pain or from not having my phone. Like, she would not go to my apartment to get my computer, my iPad, or nothing. And I finally told her, I was like, look, I just want my iPad so I can watch Netflix. I was like, I promise I won't do any work. Girl, she thought I was trying to text somebody. She took my iPad. I said, oh, my God. She said, no, you need rest. She said, put the phones down. Put the iPads down. You know, like, chill. Like, take a break from the outside world. And she really created a monster when she did that because now at random, when I get overwhelmed, like, the week I was studying for my adjuster's exam, I just went MIA. Like, I deleted all social media. My phone was on Do Not Disturb for a whole week. And it was like, okay, you got a goal to achieve. Let's do it. And it was so peaceful. Oh, my God. It was so peaceful. And it was so worth it, like, to have that peace of mind and to be to yourself and work through, you know, the things that you needed to work through. And I just, I I hate that our generation is so stuck on that. You got to grind it out all the time. No, it's okay to rest. It's okay to put the phone down and step away from it. It's okay to delete that that social media app and breathe. It, it's okay, I promise you. And I, the world I live in now, I really be in la la land. People be looking for me, and I'm <laughs> in my own little world all the time. And nothing, and there is nothing wrong with that because now I I do try to make it a habit at least on Sundays. Look, I need to rest. <laughs> I have overstimulated myself. Like on Saturdays, mm-hmm. I try to get like a lot of housework done, or um, I, I find a little time here or there to like chill out um, because I don't work my overnight job no more. I had to let that go. It was good because you about to kill yourself. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot, and I would be so tired. Um, like I don't know how I made it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I was Grace getting rest. At this point. Yes. It was nothing but God. Nothing but him. Like, I would get rest in between because I would have a lot of people that ask me, like, how do you get your rest? I said, well, I would get it in between. Um, and then I was able to kind of fluctuate, kind of make my schedule throughout the day so it would be easier. But then it started weighing on me, like, heavy towards mm-hmm. the end. And I was like, no, nah, it's time to let it go. Like, my body is saying, uh-uh. <laughs> and so I've always heard like you over you always overwork yourself and so now I have really been at that space and I'm like you too like I have random moments where I delete social media where I um where I just put my phone on do not disturb 
Um, and then I'm I'm not gonna even lie, my favorite hobby sometimes is sleep. Listen, I love <laughs> sleep. I would say I wanna be sleep, but I don't want God to take me and be like, you know, she she's sick of being here. But I love <laughs> I'ma say this, I love a nap. I wanna be a nap. It's just oh, something man. about laying in a cold room with the fan on and just letting all your troubles go. That that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah. Being under the covers, minding my business. Now here's the weird thing about me. My friends, oh, I used to make them so mad. Don't don't judge me, people. But <laughs> I used to live in a very hot environment because I I like hot. And I remember one time. I don't ask me why I did this. I'm scared. I, <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be like, girl, what? So I almost burnt my my poor brother. I almost burnt him up. Like he was probably ready to. Oh my God. Out. because it was and it's during the summer now this is during oh, the summer I, I cut off the air i turn on the stove let i open it in mississippi in mississippi and i was knocked out i was in peace and he was you know <laughs> he was like girl it is hot what are you doing and it's like because i like heat I don't know why I've always been like that. Like now living in Texas is like, no, nah, I got to have a little air in here. Do it if you <laughs> want to. You're going to pass out, my girl. <laughs> yes. And then I, uh, and I did my dog like that. My poor baby. I did him like that one time. He was just like panting. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? And I'm you like, got oh, to God, let me turn on the air and stuff. So now I keep it on. But like, I'm always like undercovers. Like when it's time to go to bed, I love like, um, lighting my candle mm-hmm. for the night, just kind of sitting in quietness, like turn everything off, and I be good. Like sometimes my my husky though, like he's the baby, but he snores so loud. You think it's a grown man snoring? Oh wow! See, and- <laughs> you don't get put out. And it's like I love him so much, but he like the wild card, so he snores and he tosses and turns. So they have to sleep in a separate area with me. Like at first, my um my shizu he used to sleep in the bed with me. Mm-hmm. He's like he sleeps cute, but my husky he don't sleep cute. He takes over like he a grown man. He's so he just he takes over, and we like naps around here. Like we take naps throughout the day. Like they take a nap when I take a nap. Listen, <laughs> so I'm, I'm with you. People, like for my birthday. My actual birthday, uh, people was like, "What you do?" I went to sleep. <laughs> I went to sleep, <laughs> and it was so much fun. So let me ask you this: like outside of sleep, because I know we both can sleep. Like, do you journal? Do you have like a routine of? I re- okay. I'm not gonna say I hate the word self care. I feel like it's just a bit branded now like it's used too much mm-hmm. I like me time because that's me time so every day um, during the week I try to do at least 30 minutes to an hour of me time so I've gotten into journaling um, like taking warm bubble baths just different stuff listening to podcasts anything except for communicating with somebody like I'll do it it could be a so, TV show or whatever. 
So what are some things that, you know, you do for me time? Oh, yeah. So um, I did mention it briefly in my other podcast. Like, I see a counselor. I talk to a therapist now. Me too. Um, me too. <laughs> and um, one of my assignments was that I practice self-care every day. And she was like, she wasn't going to ask me a lot, but she was going to always try to follow up with me to see what am I actually doing. So I do have a routine for myself. Um, okay. My favorite thing to do is write. And it's, I guess, because it's that singing background. Like, I like mm-hmm. writing music and stuff. So it was just natural. Like, I didn't even realize how good of a writer that I really was until I started tapping into that portion of self care. And it just flowed. And so now I have to write. And I, I write like these letters to God mm-hmm. because, you know, sometimes you don't really know how to pray. You yes. just know you. You may feel like you're just talking. And mm-hmm. so, like, I execute things better when I'm writing. I'm a horrible texter. You probably think something's going on. Like, you you probably think I'm a little off because I miss words. I misspell things. Like, I'm just not a good texter. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm honest about it. I'm very honest about it. Um, but I learned that I'm a good writer. So, um, I, I write in my journal as often as I can, almost every day. Sometimes I skip a day or two, um, but I I always try to make that a thing. And if I'm not writing in my journal, I'm writing music or um, I'm reading. I love to read. I'm I'm a bookworm. (laughs) So (laughs) I love reading. Um, Inspirational, motivational, or fictional, like you name it. I I like to read it. Um, Sometimes I watch TV. I just got back into watching... Cause I really didn't watch a lot of TV. So when people tell me about like TV shows, I'm like, what is that? Cause I'm not hip to it. Cause I don't watch a lot of TV. You like so me. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. So I'm just now getting into it. And I don't even watch like the latest things that people watch. I be watching stuff like girlfriends. Like I, I go back to the old stuff. Like yeah, I, I didn't that. watch Moesha. Like I know about 10 times all the way through all the season. Oh, I'm not alone. Okay. So there is somebody <laughs> Because I know I don't watch Girlfriends like five times the whole season. And the Parkers. Like over and over again. Oh yeah, the Parkers too. <laughs> so my therapist actually told me that um, doing that is a part of you having anxiety. So Ooh. I was like, what? And he told me, okay, so let me tell you something. I had a female therapist, but I needed some authority in my life to get my life together so Mm -hmm. I switched and got a man because me and therapists are I feel like way more straightforward with you than a female at times like a man is just gonna give it to you raw and straight so he was like what you know he we were talking about tv shows and stuff like that and I told him I said well I watch the same movies and the same tv shows over and over again he said yeah that's how you know when your anxiety is flaring up what do you mean? He said, because you watch this stuff over and over again and you already know what's going to happen. So it's no excitement or any wondering what's going to happen. He said, you won't watch new stuff because you're scared of what's going to happen. I said, wait, why are you reading my life like this? That was just a read for me. Like, he didn't have to do that. Right. <laughs> I was so sad. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. I said, you know, all of my friends 
are always talking about this new show and that new show. And I'm still watching Moesha and Sister Sister or movies and stuff that I've watched 50,000 times already. So is that that we like afraid of change? Possibly. Oh. And see, I oh. fear the unknown. So when mm-hmm. I'm watching movies and stuff, it doesn't even have to be like a scary movie or an action movie. It could be something on Disney Channel. If I hadn't watched it before and I don't know what's going to happen, like I kind of feel myself like, okay, I'm breathing weird, like my anxiety flaring up. Let me breathe because it's okay to not know what's going to happen. So that makes sense then because like you can tie that into life like you when you something that you don't understand about life you kind of just uh, I'm gonna I'm step back from that because I don't know what this is <laughs> right <laughs> and it's crazy because um, we do this a lot when we encounter people when we encounter people when we're dating yep. or you know even when we're just when we're talking to friends like we fear the unknown so it's like an automatic I'm a ghost you or I'm, I'm just gonna yes. take a step back and I ghost people a lot and he said that's exactly why you do it and I was like, man, because I, I feel bad. Like, I can be, okay, so dating is very ghetto. <sighs> At our big age, dating is very ghetto. Mm-hmm. But for me, like, a person, they don't even necessarily have to do anything wrong. Like, I know over the last couple of months, people have been doing things right. But I'm so scary. I pushed them away. I probably mm-hmm. missed that on my own blessings, honestly, because <laughs> I, I I definitely pushed them away. And it's because it's like, I got, I'm not even going to say trust issues. I feared the unknown. So I don't even want to say, oh, you're going to be around three months from now and you gone. Like I, I look at stuff like that because I guess because of just so many disappointments throughout life. That's just Mm kind of how you become. So it's the same thing with the TV shows. If I already know what's going to happen, you can't disappoint me. And you can't hurt my feelings because I already know what's going to happen. I'm not watching anything new. (laughs) Carly, like, I need you to stop. Like, you got to get out of my head, girl. I'm just (laughs) honest. No, like, um... Yeah, I, I can I can see why. Um, well, me personally, I, I I just encountering people. I I if you I will keep the same friends that I know, and I might make maybe one or two mm-hmm. friends. Or and I wouldn't even say that they're friends. They're just they're associates. And if it grows to like a friendship, cool. Um, I I can kind of see why it's like because after my divorce, it was like. Oh man, I gotta get back out there. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready. <laughs> and it's just because you that's another story for another day, but there are a lot of barriers when it comes to dating and sometimes it do be us as women because it depends on what we experience in life, mm-hmm. you know. Who's to say you probably experienced a heartbreak where you felt betrayed? Yes. And it's hard being vulnerable 
mm-hmm. all, all over again and learning somebody all a new person all over again and compromising Correct. because now you you are in your own routine you are in your own space mm-hmm. and when you date you got to bring somebody else in the mix and I think that that's another barrier too like and we're just so afraid to be honest like look I, I like my routine right like, I want you here but I like my routine too <laughs> because it takes compromising but I did learn something like a long time ago like you never know unless you try Correct. so at least you say that you tried and God never said don't guard, don't guard your heart right. he did say that but it is a way to guard it you know um, and everybody is not going to be meant for you so just like even in business you're going to get a lot of no's before you can get a, a yes you know so I am a firm believer that it, it's going to happen and there's hope. It's just a matter of how you maneuver. And everybody don't maneuver the way that they need to. Right. <laughs> I, I can speak on some stuff that I just don't agree with when it comes to dating, you know, but everybody has their own opinions of how women should carry themselves and how men should carry themselves. And I, I probably start a riot, so. Listen, that conversation. <laughs> correct. That's why I I'm very particular about who I do share my views with, and I call it a day because I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I can't don't. accept the foolery that's being dished out right now. I definitely can't. But I did read this book though, um, like right after um, my divorce, like well, right after we separated. I started reading this book about dating. Uh, and yes, I had to I had to get insight, people, because I was not I I, I I'm like a newbie. Right. It brought a lot of insight. No <laughs> it brought a lot of insight to how people date, not just men, but how women date too. Like you have different types of daters. You have a multi-dater, you have a series, like it it literally labeled the different types of daters. I have to share this book with you. And it says that it's basically, it, it's important to kind of date the type of person. Like you have to look at yourself and see what type of dater you are. Like mm-hmm. for example, a single dater, that's just a person that does not date multiple people at one time. They like to encounter one person at a time. Um, so for example, if you're talking to a guy at this moment, is you just really want to focus on that guy and if it doesn't work with that guy that's fine but you just like to date one person at a time and not entertain a whole bunch of people now a multi-dater is a person that does date multiple people they explore their options and stuff like that and so they he was just saying that sometimes it's best to date people that have that same mindset as you maybe you want to find someone that's a single dater just like you or a multi-dater just like you and it made sense to me because it's like, well, I mean, if you are a person that prefers to date one person at a time and you're trying to make this person date only you and they're not, that's not their arena. That's not what they're used to. That's not what they want. You guys are going to clash. So, but it was really interesting to learn that because I'm like, okay, that's different. I mean, it's it's been known but it's it's I guess to see it in words to see it in writing and mm-hmm. to read it I, I learned a lot <laughs> but 
I get you on that, but I mean, even with friends though, too, like we we change over time. Yes. You know, and we're not the same. So I think I I have learned a lot of communication skills through like my family and my friends the most because it was teaching me patience and it was teaching me how. Like I still have my moments like where I kind of draw back, like I, I kind of disappear. But um me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on I a hiatus like, this week, so I understand. Exactly. But uh, who's to say I feel like you shouldn't have that expectation of your friends to where you talk every day. Because you're not going to be able to talk to your friends every day, you know, especially when you're building for yourself and you, you're trying to get to places. And even if you're not there mentally, not just like the finance part, but if you're just trying to get where you need to go mentally, sometimes it requires a moment of solitude. Because I spoke about that in my last podcast, like it's important to have a moment of solitude to yourself where you're not entertaining nothing or anybody at that moment. You're just kind of focusing on yourself. Yes, and, and I had to, my cousin, one of my cousins, Kia, she's one of my best friends, and at one point, before she started therapy um, as well, she used to feel like if she didn't talk to me, like, for a day or so, that I was mad or something was going on and so forth, and I had to tell her, like, look, I love you. I really do. However, some days I just kind of need a day to myself because life really be lifing out here. And mm-hmm. as time went on, at first she was like, you know, I really didn't get it, but now I do. She said, because I have days where I might just send you a TikTok, but we might not actually text. I said, and that's okay. I'm perfectly fine with it. I said, but you got a four-day rule. If I don't hear from you, after four days, I'm sending out the police to look for you. Like, unless you know you didn't post it on social media or something like that. But if you just go missing completely for four days and you hadn't checked in, you know, like with me, your little sister or somebody, then we got a problem because, like, I understand that life throws a lot of things at us that we're definitely not prepared for. Um, And it's all about Mm -hmm. how we react and adapt to the change. So I tell anybody, like, once you get to that point in your growing journey where you don't have to talk to anybody every day and you can sit down and have that me time and journal and have those real uncomfortable conversations with yourself, like, you have mastered life because... Now you've mastered the art of being alone. And so once you do get into the dating world, if you're not already in the dating world, you've already mastered self-love. So it's nothing that anybody else can really do for you. Anything that they provide for you is definitely going to be a bonus. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that because I think, and I also learned not to take everything personal. Yes. Sometimes it's not even you, even when you're dating, like, (laughs) um, it might not always be about you. You never know what the other person is struggling with. Shoot, they might be struggling with the same thing you are, like, or they just might like a moment of solitude. I've seen it to where some couples, like, they they don't even talk in the same room, but but it says a lot to them, 
as long as they're in each other's presence. Because, I mean, if I'm talking to my significant other all day, every day, it's going to feel like a job, you know, after a right. while. And um, so I still believe you should have that balance. You know, I was watching like uh, Mulatto's, uh, um, I'll say Lotto. I don't know why I call her Mulatto. Lotto. I was watching one of her interviews and she was basically saying like with her significant other, like it'll be times when she just comes to the house and she don't talk and it works for them because it's like, she don't always want to talk or interact. She just want to come home and chill because she worked all day, you know? And that's why I just, and also with, with this journey, I had to realize like, even with people, not just saying you just can't take a lot of stuff personal. Now I'm not saying settle y'all. No, say that. that. <laughs> I didn't say that because I don't want the viewers to say, "Well, well, I'm just not gonna take it." No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that everything is not always about us. You know, if you guys communicate that, hey, this is what works for me, and if it's something that is agreed upon, and you guys can compromise, then go for it. You know, but I'm with you on that. <laughs> I am definitely with you on that. And how has that hiatus been going for you? Because I know you just said that you're on that right now, right? Yeah, so this is one of those weeks where I've been in Do Not Disturb. (laughs) And I let my Sunday kind of set the tone for the week. So Sunday, where was I Sunday? I was in Mississippi Sunday and I I was in Mississippi Sunday during the day and then I flew back to Atlanta Sunday night. So I always have my best moments. I love traveling. Like, I wish I could be in an airplane sometimes. So (laughs) I love a flight. I love traveling. So I have my best moments when I'm in the window seat on the plane and we've um, gotten up above the clouds to where you can't see the lights anymore down on the ground. And I feel like I'm so close to God and I just have conversations with him. And Sunday on my flight, I was like, you know what? I am drained. Like I just need a, a reset away from the world. And at first I thought it was just me until, um, my cousins, a few of us were in a group message and everybody started saying the same thing. And I was like, okay, y'all, this is a do not disturb week for me. So, you know, if you write something in a group chat or if you're looking for me and I don't respond, you know, text me personally. And whenever I get a chance, I'll go through and read it. And I said that and then everybody in the group message comes saying, you know, I'm kind of on the same on the same wave. And I'm like, man, what's really going on? Like, is it something in the air? Like, is it the weather with it raining so much and the flooding and the water crisis and everything? Like, what is it? Because I'm like, everybody is, you know, feeling the same way. But I have moments, honestly, where I could just simply be overwhelmed. And I'm like, you know what? Let me take a break. (laughs) Because I used to work so hard and I never took a vacation. I never took a me time break. I never did any of that. And now it's like, okay, I'm taking advantage of it. My head hurt. Okay, cool. I'm done for the week. I don't care if it's Tuesday. I'm done for the week. 
I'll catch y'all next week. So on Sundays, I kind of decide, you know, what type of week I'm going to have. If it's going to be, a, okay, let me be active on social media so I can make this money from Facebook and Instagram. Or do I want to chill this week and, and let God have his way? And I'm not even going to lie to you. Lately, it's been, I'm going to chill and I'm going to let God do his thing. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm just, I'm tired, like drained mentally and physically. So it's like, okay, whatever. I'll figure this out again or try this again in November. Once all of the activities are over. I don't know about them activities. You might not see. <laughs> Listen, the way I'm feeling... Like, I know I'm about to be knocking at 30's door, right? But your girl is just tired. And that's crazy because, like, um, I know it's homecoming. I, ooh, it's been a minute for me. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's been a minute. <laughs> but I, I've really just been enjoying that, that moment to myself. Mm-hmm. I probably won't even I don't know. I don't even think that I will be there this year again. I I don't know though. Um it, we'll see where I'm at at that headspace. But I am like really glad to have you. I'm I'm happy that you came and that you just got to share your piece a little bit, share your story and it's yes. good to know that you are in a better headspace. We gotta do this again. Yes, definitely. Yes. <laughs> I am so thankful and thank you guys for supporting the podcast and hope you guys continue to support because again, my guests are bomb and you you get to get a little insight on us, you know, and remember it is important to have some me time, you know, you guys take care of yourselves and quality again. Thank you so much. And you guys have a great day. Good night. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this latest episode with Quali. Um, I hope it gave you a lot of insight on focusing on the importance of me time and sometimes putting your life on do not disturb. <laughs> with that being said, I know I have been active for a few months now. And again, I had to put my life on do not disturb, but that's okay. Rebuilding and rebranding, right? Right. <laughs> so in the year 2023, I promise you guys I will be a lot more active. Um, you'll get to hear from cool guests and their experience and their journeys in life. And then I may even take some um, topics that you guys uh, may want me to talk about. <laughs> um, so again, you guys have a wonderful evening and I am out.